0: What's up, guys? You're listening to uh, Against Austin. I'm Dwayne, and I'm here with Austin.
1: How you doing? Hey, man. How's it going?
0: Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. So uh, one quick thing I wanted to follow up on from last time. Get right into it here. Uh, you told me to check out Blister in the Sun by the Violet <laughs> Femmes.
1: And you did it? Uh, I did. I did do this. You knew the song, though, right? You were correct. I I had
0: heard it, and I very much do not like this song. <laughs> like, I was like, "Oh yeah, I know this."
1: <laughs> it, you know, it's a it's it was their hit, which is why I told you. Like, I I wouldn't I didn't give you the best song from what I oh boy, you know, what okay. I thought was the best, but yeah, no, I just I knew I was like, if he's gonna listen to any song and know who this band is, it's definitely I
0: knew it. I knew it immediately, like in the first couple of notes.
1: Oh yeah, that, that and I was dun, just dun, dun, like, dun, dun. oh yeah, that. It's in like every fucking movie that's been filmed since 1980.
0: You know, yeah. It's like, yeah. But I just wanted to address that right off the bat. So,
1: yes, yeah. I, I'll I'll say that it's not my favorite song either. Probably far from it, but it's definitely the 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 most iconic song that they had, and they're still they're still coasting on the popularity of that song 40 years later.
0: I think that's got to be the dream. You write one song.
1: It makes you a lot of money and then you can just do whatever the hell you want. I mean, look Mariah Carey. All her money comes from that Christmas song. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: That's true.
0: I saw, I saw an interview with Sir mixed a lot. One time they basically asked him like, Hey man, I mean, like, are you just sick of that song? And he was like, Not really, man. Like that song bought me my house. It bought me my car. Like I met my wife because of that. Like, you
1: know. Well, that was. It's kind of like what um, when Whitney Houston covered Mariah Carey's "I Will Always Love You." People ask Dolly Parton, they'd be like, "Do you mind Whitney singing your song?" And she goes, "No, I made a lot of money off of her singing my song." Yeah, (laughs) absolutely not. (laughs) Yeah,
0: so I think that's that's what you want, you know. Yeah. But, uh, all right. I did go to a concert this time.
1: Yeah.
0: I went to see uh, Dropkick Murphys. And the first thing I want to say about this, Austin, this is the second time in my life that this has happened. And I think it was even more pronounced at this show than the porn concert that I went to last year. This was unquestionably an old person concert. <laughs> like... <laughs> was not a show that was for young people. Uh they played in a nice theater. <laughs> there were seats. Uh it was all acoustic. So Oh really? Um, yeah. Okay. So <clears throat> which is pretty cool and interesting. Uh their most recent album which just came out about a month ago, they um used like lyrics from un used woody guthrie songs and basically wrote new songs around that and like i will say like it's probably the best album they've made in like a long time because i think the thing that's lacked on a lot of their more recent albums is like the lyrics so here that work's already done for them like they, (laughs) they just ripped a bunch of like And also, I think the Dropkick Marby's best stuff is like the workers' rights stuff. Right. Like, that's their best material. And so, like, the more I listened to, to that album, the more I liked it. They played every song on that album. Like <laughs> this concert. <laughs> they played for <laughs> about two hours. And, uh, yeah, they played every song on this album. It was, I mean, it was, like, mostly newer stuff. Uh, but it was cool. I think, you know the album's only been out a month so like even if people have heard it which a lot of people clearly had not uh you know you haven't heard it that much you know what i mean right right i'd listened to it probably i would say five or six times so like i knew all the songs but like i you know but uh it was cool they um it was weird cuz one of the big things about dropkick murphys is that they have two singers and that's like one of the things that makes their live show great But on the tours that they have been on this year, uh, Al Barr has not been around. He's dealing with some personal issues. Um, Okay. So it's only one singer. So that was kind of weird. It it was a lot more like laid back. And uh, we used to go see me and my mom and my brother, see Dropkick Murphy's two or three times, like back in the mid 2000s and stuff. And it's like very high energy, like they let people get on the stage and right. like, there's all kinds of crazy shit going on. And this was very much like laid back a lot of like, <laughs> there was a lot of like uh, him joking around about the audience just being
1: old. <laughs> <laughs> now my, my real question for you is, did your mom have fun? Yeah. I took my mom and she had a great time. She Good. loved it. Good. Yeah. It was, it was like the perfect show for her.
0: I was like, don't take, I was like, cause afterwards I was like, uh, Hey, don't take this the wrong way, but like this, we, this was definitely like an old person show. And she was like, Oh, yeah, I thought the same thing, like for sure. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, Well, you know, that was like 15 years ago we were going (laughs) to our But uh, yeah, so, um, but yeah, my mom had a great time. Good. It was, it was fun to go. We had not been to a concert together in, uh, I don't know how long, but several years. This show was pretty fun. They saved like all the old songs for the end, which I thought was pretty smart. Cause like people were ready for it by
1: the time. <laughs> the energy level starts to dip and you're like, okay, now we got to bring yeah, it back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Cause like the uh all the songs on the new album are pretty like quick and fast, you know, but like it's still like most people just didn't know it, know right. the stuff. And so they would sprinkle in like a um an older song here and there, but they didn't play like the really old songs to the end. But the, I think the funniest thing, uh, was, uh, they had two encores, right? People were really not expecting the second one. Like they came out the first time and they played, uh, two songs and then they cut the lights. And like, dude, I bet fucking 25% of the crowd was already out the fucking door. And then the guy kind of, like, ran back on stage and was like, I mean, I guess uh, you can leave if you want, you know, but uh, (laughs) we were going to do one more.
1: (laughs) And, like, people are just, like, standing in the aisles and
0: stuff. But, uh,
1: yeah. I, I have a question. How do you feel about encores and multiple encores?
0: Honestly, to me, at this point, I don't know why we're bothering with that. Like, what? everybody knows like i guess the multiple encore is cool like people aren't expecting it it was very cool because they came out and they played shipping up to boston which is like probably their most famous song right right and they played like the last new song from the new album that they hadn't played yet and then they came back and played Kiss Me, I'm Shit Face, which is, like, not one of their most well-known songs, but is, like, a staple song of, the live show. So that was the song that, like, people really wanted to hear but weren't necessarily, like, expecting because this this tour was, like, different. And so um, when they played that, people were very excited. So that was cool. But, I mean, honestly, most of the time, I just think, like, let's just play the songs you're going to play. And like, why are we doing this?
1: I completely agree. I think that I, I think people plan on it now and yeah. it's not authentic anymore. You know, like yeah. they're not coming out because everybody is staying and clapping. They're coming out because they didn't play their big song and that <laughs> people aren't going to leave until they play that. But like, I, I'm fine with concerts just ending yeah. and being like, that's it. And the house shows or the house lights go up and that's done. Un- you're done. When I when I went
0: to see Apes of the State, they had like a very short break in between like the encore, you know, and, they, and there wasn't even a backstage at this thing. So they kind of just like stood off <laughs> of the stage. So when she came back on stage, she goes, hey, I really appreciate people cheering because last night everyone just stared at us until we played another song. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it's like, yeah, because we know what you're going to do. Well, yeah, but you're like you, the audience is trained to do it. It's not authentic, (laughs) right? Like, I I don't know. I think it's like, just get in, play your set, get out of here. Nobody's got time for that shit anymore. I I, I don't know. I just, I I was, it is, it is. I I thought you might feel the same way, but
0: also, like, I think it would also feel like very anticlimactic now to not do it. It's got to be, it's got to be tough. Like, if you just stop playing, you go, no, like, no, no, we're really going to stop playing it's like the wrestling thing when they go like well the rock's not here tonight you know right he's banned from the building
1: and then he shows you
0: know? up <laughs> yeah, so it's like, i don't know how you'd ever convince people like no no no
1: we're really not going to come back i well i mean the shows that i've been to that didn't have um that didn't have encores they just turned up the house lights and you were like oh yeah, that's a good idea I guess it's over. You know, or like a lot of times venues will play music before the the band takes this day. They'll start playing the music again. And you're like, I guess it's over.
0: Yeah. That's the way to do it. Yeah. I I don't know. I'm not like, I'm not like huge into the encore thing. I'm always, I'm always happy. And I guess this, I am an old person and this goes into this, but I am happy to go to any concert where there are like chairs. (laughs) Oh, great. Like we stood up the whole time they were playing, right? But before that, like
1: just hanging out, sitting down. Was there an opening act?
0: There were two. Oh, that was so weird. So we didn't get there in time for the first one. We went out to eat and we went shopping and stuff. Cause I asked her, I was like, Do you care about seeing these opening acts? And she was like, Do you know them? And I was like, No. And she was like, then I'm not worried about it. And I was like, okay. So we got there like right as the second one was starting. And it was like, um, like a very strange, like acoustic country act that was like just this woman and an acoustic guitar. And there was a guy with like an electric bass. And She played like these kind of like um, just sort of like, you know, country ballad style.
1: Sure. It wasn't Waxahachie. No, dude, it was, it was not, it was not Waxahachie level, I'll say that, but
0: (laughs) it was very, very weird because people did not know how to react to this. Like, yeah, it was very, I've seen some weird opening acts in my time, but this was, this was so weird. Like, I just don't know what was going on. It, it Like, people were just openly kind of talking to each other about, like, is this... What's
1: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I don't, you know... Have she you... wasn't bad, and I don't want to say her name, <laughs> because I, no, I don't, don't want to shit on anyone. And and, and I think what, for what she did, like, she was good at it, even though it wasn't my kind of music. But
1: uh, it just was not, like, it did not fit at all have you ever so okay so i'm gonna ask one more question randomly about concerts because but have you ever gone to a show and ended up liking one of the opening acts that you'd never heard of before more than the main act that you went to go see more than the main act, or as much maybe not more that's not fair I mean,
0: we did, we did talk about this in the very first episode, or maybe the second episode, or something. But I saw the Menzingers open for Against Me,
1: okay, in like yeah, yeah, 2010,
0: yeah. and they ended up becoming one of my favorite bands because they really did like blow people away, like
1: totally unknown. They weren't totally unknown. That's but you knew, but something. you knew it at the time. Their first album was out, but, but like, you knew it. You were like, when you listened to them, you were like, "This is something."
0: Yeah, within like two, I like. I'll tell you this. As soon as they were done playing, me and my brother went over to the table and bought, like, shirts. Yeah. Like, okay. it was that, I was like, oh, shit, this was really good. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Oh, okay, I'll tell you a time was it's totally unknown. Okay, I went to see propagandi in, <laughs> I think, 2012. And the Menzingers were also one of the openers on that night. And the other opener was Off With Their Heads. So this was like a dream show for me. I was so stoked because at this point, Off With Their Heads was like my absolute favorite band. I was obsessed with them. I guess it would have been around the time that their probably third album had come out, but uh, I was super into them. This was not long after On The Impossible Pass had come out, which is the best Menzinger's album. So like, They they were like probably my two favorite bands after Against Me at that time. And Propagandhi was like, I really, really love their early stuff. I've gained an appreciation for like their later stuff in like more recent years. But at the time, I wasn't super into it, but I love their early stuff. And like their first couple albums were like some of my favorite albums. So I was really, really stoked for the show. And then day of the show there was another act added to the bill. And I was just like, all right, we're pushing it now. Four bands? That's <laughs> come on too far. Uh, and it was a band called War on Women. And they were totally unknown at this time. I think they had put out an EP. They fucking blew people away. Like the singer was going fucking nuts it was it that's probably the only time i've seen an opening act like completely turn just a totally uninterested crowd people were complaining in line that they were added to the show and like no one was paying attention and like by the time they were done like people were really into it and like they had like a big line at like their table and stuff so that's awesome Uh, awesome. they're still they're still not like a super well-known band or anything uh i've read an article (laughs) about them earlier in the year that they maybe kind of shady but that's
1: all right on that <laughs> night they were incredible.
0: but most of the time
1: uh i just kind of go like okay that's that was fine yeah i do too i i've i feel like as many concerts as i've been to obviously not anything terribly recent I there's only been one that i've like been like oh this is a great band yeah
0: it's tough Because if it's too similar to who you're there to see, it's just kind of like, okay, that's kind of boring. But then if it's so different, it's like, well, that's not what I'm in the zone
1: to listen to, you know? Right. It's very tough. And that's, I mean, uh, the reason I ask is because in theory, an opening band, they go on tour with a a better known artist, so they get discovered, right? Sure. But And so I ask because I'm like, is that even an effective... Like, formula or way to get people to listen. I
0: think, to you. I think, I think if you're talking like propaganda against me level, it probably helps off with their heads and men's zingers and bands like that to go on tour with those guys. Absolutely. Yeah. But like on a larger level, but when I went to see Corn, there was this opening act that Dalton was telling me about, and we've talked about on the show many times 68. And I was just like, I'm sorry, Dalton, but I don't give a fuck about that. Like, I don't care. I've never heard of them. That's not what I'm going to see. Like, I, but, yeah, if it, no. but I'm also like, I'm also more willing to check it out. If it's a smaller show, I'll right. go, okay, I'll give these guys a chance, but if it's a bigger show, it's like, yeah, I want to get there late. I, I want to see like what I can see. The, see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, No, I, I think that's, I, I, I think it's valid. I, I that's genuinely, I mean, I was just curious about that because I feel like it's like, what is the point? Of being an opening act if you're not actually gonna make any fans. I think a lot
0: of the time it's a label
1: thing too. The label says, okay, you guys yeah. are on to tour together.
0: I don't know you if know. I've
1: seen it, but of- or,
0: or it's or it's also just like it's your friend.
1: That's you know? what I think it is. And
0: it's like it, you don't play the same kind of music, but that doesn't matter. Right. You know what I mean? Like you're just friends. It's yeah, like let's make no, our friends on tour.
1: I think that's what I think that's more likely what it is.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think Laura is somebody who like
1: really pays attention to like who the opening acts
0: are and like wants to uh, like introduce her fans to like bands that she thinks that they would be interested in hearing. Right. But I think a lot of bands don't put that kind of attention to it.
1: <laughs> probably bigger bands don't. I think, I think, yeah. I mean, I think smaller bands and more independent bands will probably put a lot more thought into it. Right. Yeah. I also feel like the longer you're around the, the less enthusiastic you probably are about new bands. <laughs> you <know>? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you absolutely. Um, yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe I'm wrong.
0: But that's. Well, and I think people have different views on it too. Like I think some people want to help smaller bands, and some people just want to like hang out with their friends. Yeah,
1: you know. Yeah. <laughs> that's valid. Listen, I got to work. Yeah. I want to get my job done. I want to go home. Like. All
0: right. Uh, I think that's all I have to say about the dropkick Murphys. I had a really I had a really fun time though. It was cool, but yeah, it definitely was like, Oh, there's no young people here. Like, I've reached a <laughs> point in my life where like I'm going to old people's shows now.
1: You know what Welcome I mean? Welcome to the club, brother. Welcome yeah. to the club. But uh <laughs> and
0: uh just one final thing. Uh did not meet any dogs, didn't run into any dogs.
1: Immediate like minus three points. Yes, yeah, right so there's the
0: best, at best, uh not,
1: the best score you can get, Apes of the State show 10 out of 10, like perfect concert Which, And this is an audio format, so you can't see this, but Dwayne is wearing an Apes of the State t shirt that has two dogs on it right now. <laughs> yeah, so this is, you can't see this at all, but this is the dog that I'm. <laughs> That's
0: him. <yeah>. It's <laughs> amazing. That's yeah, so, uh, <clears throat> yeah. Because... And, your,
1: and your dog, Murphy, named after the Dropkick Murphy's, yeah. is right behind you. I yeah. can see him.
0: Yep, he's sleeping. He's had a good couple days. He's not been feeling too well, but he's all right. Oh, but um, yeah. So, well, I met the dog, and then I went to the merch stand, and I was like, "Oh my God, that shirt has the dog." I was like, "I want that." (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, that's awesome. So, so I would say that if I don't meet a dog at a concert, the best it can be is nine out of ten. Yeah, I'm not going to give this concert a rating, (laughs) but. uh, uh, well, yeah. Okay. I'll say if I'm going to rate it out of 10, I would probably give it,
1: mm, I would say like a seven. I love how you talked yourself, yourself into it. You're like, I, I didn't say a thing. You were like, I'm not going to give it a rating. Actually, you know what I am. I was like, man, <laughs> I would never want to be your lawyer because you just, like, that's... all right, Dwayne. Uh, we talked enough about that concert. I am glad that we
0: mentioned Apes of the State because we know i talked about them in the last two episodes. I know. And Let's get into the next thing that we have to do. We each send each other three songs to listen to again. <laughs> the first song we are going to talk about today is Fill in the Blank by Car Seat Headrest. I'm going to say right off the bat, I really like this a lot. This is really good. Yes.
1: I knew I was like, I think he's going to like this. I really tried. <laughs> the first
0: time I heard it, I was kind of like, OK, yeah, I can see why people like that. I'm like that with music sometimes. The first time I hear it, I don't really get it. Right. You know, and I'm like, OK. But I was like, I got to keep, you know, the second listen, I was like you know what i think this is all right and then today like i literally woke up with this stuck in my head and like had to listen <laughs> to it. Like i've really i really like this a lot this is really good it reminds me a lot of like stuff like the strokes and the hives it's sort of like mid 2000s right. rock revival kind of thing uh really like the guitar sounds here lyrics are pretty good like this was this was good. This was really good. It was like, I really, and
1: fun. I yeah. was I was I mean after last time I was like I got to get at least one song that I know he's going to like. Like I've got I'm like I meant uh, I met zero. <laughs> I had heard of this band before.
0: Um I've heard people talk about them. Someone I follow on Twitter, Jody, I can't imagine she listens to this show, but uh,
1: <laughs>
0: she uh she went to their concert with her boyfriend Rob. And she was very enthusiastic about it, and he was not. I was like, hmm. Based on what I know about their taste in music, I probably would like that. Uh yes. I, I,
1: I just never got around to listening to it. But this is this was really good. I really like this a lot. Good. I'm glad. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how you're gonna feel about like the entire album because there's a couple of weirdo okay. songs on there. But well, I, knew- I do have one bone
0: of contention with this, Austin. Okay. I gotta ask you about this. What? Why is he wearing that outfit oh, on the album cover? I don't know on the album. There, are their picture on Spotify. He has some sort of strange, like see. gas mask, and <laughs> I don't uh, know. Let me see. Trying Cloak that. on, and it's a very. This is a very weird outfit.
1: Uh. Oh, yeah, it is a little weird. <laughs> so does he not dress like that all the time? I don't think so. I've never seen him live, okay. though. I, okay, I, yeah, I, re- I don't know. But yeah, no, I, I like this a lot. I thought this was really was. It does really look like he wears that suit a lot uh, from Google Image Search. I Again, I've never seen them live. That's a very strange. Outfit. That's a choice. It's a choice. I was unaware of. And I'm glad you said something. It doesn't fit. It like well, I don't. It I doesn't fit at all. Song. I it don't fit know this all. one song. I don't know. No, no, no Their no. new material is different. No, it's 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 a it's a little weird. That's it's a little. Weird. what hey, listen, whatever. Maybe he just doesn't want to show his face. Which hey, I understand. <laughs> I get it too. I get it too. All right. Uh, well, no, I'm glad. I'm glad that was a hit. I'm glad you like. Austin.
0: though before we move on this this was your song that you sent so so what do you want to say about this
1: i i just liked it heard it uh when it came out i think 2016 possibly does that that sound right um hey i don't know i did research for my own (laughs) songs no i just i i found the album through a good review and i was like oh let's check it out and i really liked it and i've been like on and off and going back and forth i have an attachment to this album specifically i know they've been cranking out a lot of new music that i haven't listened to everything but uh yeah i was like this is catchy this feels like a Dwayne song that i also really like so let me let me make up for last time and put something on there but at the same time and we'll get to this soon uh still put a song that i was like man i really like the song Between's gonna fucking hate it um <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move
0: on to the first song that I sent to you, which is called When Life Hands You Problems by Cheek Face. This came out in August of this year on their album, Too Much to Ask
1: before i say anything about this what did you think about this <laughs> so i remember you sending me this band or maybe suggesting it in the discord Cheekface, i i didn't i didn't vibe with this one you didn't it, like this really no it's a little too it just for me maybe this is the mood i've been in this week when i was listening to it it's a little a little silly and i don't have a problem with silly songs but i was just like I don't know. Kind of felt like a parody band. <laughs> and I just didn't, yeah. I didn't, it didn't click with me. But okay. that's okay. I did like some of the lines. I really <laughs> you liked... don't
0: have to like, you're not forced to like any. Of you. No, no, no. I, know. I,
1: you know, I can appreciate like the, the, the lyric where it, it, he said, uh, I'm a psychological super fun site that made me laugh. Um, but it just, It. I don't know. It felt like a kind of a song made of a bunch of jokes and, and, and pop culture references. And I was, I just wouldn't, I didn't feel it okay but that's okay
0: yeah that's fair, I mean, it's fair.
1: <laughs> you know why because you've given me two things on this podcast that i will say that i will treasure forever against me and the bobby lees those are the two okay. things all right all right uh i fucking love this song uh it's kind well, of you, an eight you've recommended it twice so i know that i, that's I, have. I was a little like oh uh, god. <laughs> <laughs> no um
0: This is kind of an atypical song for them. It's like a lot faster than their kind of normal stuff. It is like a talk singing kind of thing. It's like music for like this very specific moment in time. Like it is made for like right now. And they really tap into like the sense of like despair and confusion of like Daily life, they do a very interesting thing with the lyrics. Where like they don't always make like literal sense. Like if you break down every line of the song, but it's more about like creating like an atmosphere and a sense of like a feeling and and that kind of thing. Right, it's it's, it's kind of hard to explain there, even I, what I want to talk about. No, but, but
1: uh, I I think I get it. I get it. Like there were some illusions Like they were talking about the 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 popcorn ceiling rather than like a glass yeah. ceiling. You know, it, it was it which is I think is funny. I don't know. I I guess it's just, I wasn't, I I haven't been, you know, feeling like funny songs and that's what it felt like. Okay. That's fair enough. All right. Let's move
0: on uh, to the next song, which you sent me, which is happy idiot by TV on the radio. Uh,
1: I'll say this. This is one of my absolute favorite bands. And okay, I had re- well. <laughs> <really>? <laughs> just may make this segment even better. I had a hard time picking a song because I just wasn't I I, I have a lot of favorites, but I was like, are any of these accessible? I don't know. And so I picked one of their more recent uh, songs before. I don't know if they broke up, but they have not put out music in a long time. Um, but I, I picked a song that was a little bit more felt a little poppier for it. You know, like they I don't know. I'm curious to see what you thought, because I really do. This is one of my favorite, favorite bands. I guess for, like, what this is, it's pretty
0: good. Like I can I can listen. Well, I can listen to this, and it's like, yeah, I get why this is popular. Really not crazy about the vocals here. Like, that just really don't like the singing style going on. Uh... It's interesting though. They're doing like some some unique stuff, which I appreciate. Uh, I think the production is a little too slick though. Like, it's slick. There's kind of too much post production happening.
1: Well, uh, the band has so the band has two singers. So there's two there's two singers. It is uh, predominantly a black band. There's one white dude, and he's like a DJ. He does all the electronic stuff in the background, okay. and I think he's also the producer um but yeah they two singers it's a it's a weird i don't know if you looked up the video because i know you've looked up videos for some of this i did not think the, to do that much. yeah <laughs> it's a it's kind of a funny video it's got uh uh paul rubens who plays Pee Wee herman he's the guy in the video <laughs> and he's just okay. he's playing like basically speed racer and going around this track over and over again racing against no one um yeah i, I it's it's maybe not like the, best. the sound of that at all <laughs> <laughs> it's i mean it's what it is um i don't know if it's like the most representative song of theirs but i also felt like it was probably the most accessible which is why i sent it but i i'd be curious maybe okay. i'll send you another song or two and see what you think i
0: really like I, re- I did really like the bass here i was a fan of the bass going on yeah. uh like i mean i don't think this is bad You've you the last time that you sent songs, I thought all three of them were just like bad. I was like, "This is bad music." <laughs> this is totally fine to like. I have no issue if someone was listening to this around me. i be like, "That's fine. That's yeah. that's acceptable." All
1: right. I, but, I, I, I maybe uh, it's well, not for me. Maybe I'll unsolicited. Maybe unsolicited, and you didn't ask for this, so I'm just gonna send it. Maybe I'll send you two more songs from this band. I just yeah, I well, really good luck. I'm, I'm more curious. I, I am curious. You don't have to like them. I'm not trying to convince you to like them, but I, I do want to get a read from it because it is a band that I, that's always been like a big thing for me. And I just, I really like them, but I also, my gut says, and it said before I sent you, this, this is a very Brooklyn band. Like this is, they were they they're They're from Brooklyn. They came up in Brooklyn. They, like, this is a, I don't know. It's, it's, i'm just curious because i do trust your taste i will say that like i think that you've got really good taste even if we don't agree on everything
0: yeah like i yeah yeah i don't like i think this is this is perfectly acceptable music to make and listen to but it's what not a, for me
1: yeah no that's fine that's good i like it. Uh, all right
0: let's move on to the second song that i sent you which was Local Radio by Bad Moves. This is from their 2020 album, Untenable. This was one, this was so hard to decide what song from this band to send. Probably not their best song or their like most well-known song, but I think it's like the best example Of what they do well. So, what did you think of this song?
1: I liked it. I I did. I notes were that Dwayne loves him a working man song. (laughs) It's a very it's a political song. It's a political song in the way that like economics is political, right? Like yeah, this is
0: a this is a great band because like what they do very well. It's like they write these very like poppy and catchy songs that you can sort of just listen to on like a surface level. And it's like a fun little song. But there's like a lot of depth yeah. to the lyrics. And they're really like this song in particular, like the closer you read the lyrics, like the more that like they're really talking about some like very interesting subject matter. But
1: absolutely. Yes, this is yeah. like I mean, I got a wrote- job as a waitress. Hated it. Sucks. But they even wrote like this is what they said they they said they're passing out scraps you can hardly believe you'd be picking up tabs for some of the nouveau riche who'd be making in an hour what you'd make in a week and I was like oof yeah boy that's great that hit this band this band this is really like one of my like favorite newer
0: I don't it's weird 2016 is when they came out I guess that's that's not really
1: new. I consider it new. We're old. (laughs) I feel that too. (laughs) Like, this is, yeah, but I guess, like, of the bands that I have discovered
0: in the past year or so, this is, I think, one of the most interesting ones. Uh, They have a lot of, not all their songs are political, uh, but a lot of their best songs are. If you like this, I would say check out The Verge and I would say check out uh, Spirit FM. Where are they from? They're from
1: D.C. Okay. Well, yeah. There's some good bands that came out of D.C. But, uh, yeah, this is is a band that, like,
0: the more you listen to their songs, the more that you'll take away from them. Even songs that, like, the first couple times I listened to them, I didn't really like that much. The more I listened to those albums, like, I ended up loving, like, every song because there's, like, so much going on in the lyrics. But, uh, all right. Let's move on, Austin. Yes, to the final song that you sent me, (laughs) which was uh, "Wasted Days" by Cloud Nothings. This was
1: bait. This was not a real suggestion. This was yes, it was. No, no, it wasn't. It really wasn't. It was. It absolutely was. And I just, I want to say that. No, I want to say two things. And I just, I was like, man, I know he's gonna hate this. For
0: why you prove my point?
1: But I don't think it's a, that doesn't mean it's a bad song. That means that Dwayne has certain rules. This is a applied bait. to music. What I'm
0: saying is this was bait.
1: This no. was not a
0: real situation. No, this was I really thought you'd enjoy the you song. You picked this because you knew it would irritate That's me.
1: That's not true. That's not true. Did you really hate the song or did you just hate <laughs> how long it was? I'm not a fan of it. No. Did you hate how long it was or did you hate the song? Both. Like if it was a four minute song, would you have hated it? It would still be really boring and uninteresting. Like the lyrics are weak. <laughs> All right. All I
0: would right. say like the first like minute and a half of this is all right. And then it just goes totally off the rails. And then, no, and then r- I find it's that. like, it's like EDM mixed with like nineties post-punk, which it's are like two, EDM. Um, it, there's it's like, 90M. dude, there's like four minutes of this song where it's just like the same fucking beat over and over again.
1: What would you call that? If it's a good song, it should go long. Keep playing. Like I want to hear it again. Absolutely or just longer versions. There's version. no reason for it. this. is bad on two levels. It's too long, and then it's not good on to begin with. Uh, I like the song. I do. I like it. And I have no problem with the long songs. And I'm probably I'm never gonna win that with you, but I understand that. And that's fine. We got different opinions on that. I think but you I'm can have a it, long
0: song, but you better really you better
1: really have something to say. You better really fucking man. Have I just I think it's maybe <laughs> as I got older i got a little bit of a little more okay with songs that kind of just drift and then they come back you know i don't have time for that on. what do you mean you i don't dying? have time for that what are you doing what are you I've doing i've got a life i've got shit to do yeah but you're not sitting there it's not like a tv show that you got to pay attention to you just put it on the background and go yeah <laughs> <laughs> I really didn't put this on to troll you. I knew that there was a strong possibility that you'd get upset with me because of the length of the song, but I still felt strongly enough about the song to send it to you. I had a, I, I, I did a lot of curating to get this list together, right? Wow. And I just, and I, and I thought there's a chance i'm gonna i'm gonna throw this one out there i know he's got strong opinions on long songs but i'm gonna do it anyway because i just i want to see what he thinks and that's fine you don't like it it's okay but they're from ohio and all the best bands are from ohio i, I
0: feel that's absolute bullshit uh <laughs> I, okay that was, I was a that I will, was me I, will I will i will say this it, it makes sense they're from ohio because it's, it's it's not very interesting and nothing happens i do a little bad because i don't think this is a very well-known band and i hate to come on here and just trash them but you this is what you bestowed upon them like like if cheek face or cloud nothings listens to this it's not
1: our fault that we didn't like it the other one made them say that <laughs> you know what I, I, mean? I, I mean listen i <laughs> if, 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 if you're a band and you go on a and you listen to a podcast and they don't like your music, you get your feelings hurt. First of all, that, that would be
0: like an insane thing to do. I don't yeah, think that's, right. like, that's but that's, I'm just saying I feel a little bad. <laughs> you release
1: something, people aren't gonna like I
0: uh if people are listening to this when it comes out uh a couple of weeks ago, I sent Ed from Pod Van Dam some songs to review on his show, and he was not very nice about them. So. <laughs> so I think you know it's just that that's how it goes. Sometimes you don't it's you know. Did it's I also- did I did I pick songs that I thought would annoy Ed on
1: purpose? Who can say? But this is, I think, true of music specifically, less than with like TV and movies and things like that. I think it's really hard to take suggestions from other people about music in the same way. That I feel like you kind of roll your eyes when it's like, "Hey, man, you want to come see my friend's band?" And you're like, "Oh, God, here we go." Like I just at least <laughs> yeah, you know' a little bit of that. yeah, like you really have to trust someone. And I will say genuinely, not for the sake of this podcast, but I will say that that Dwayne, I do trust your taste in music, probably more than you trust mine but i do trust your taste in music and usually when you tell me hey i think you're gonna like this you hit the target like and and i and i'm like okay but that but but having said that i will listen to things that you suggest for me and i think that that's that's that is our that's how our relationship started let's move on
0: Now you need to tread very carefully here
1: oh um, okay so now i gotta be careful <laughs>
0: Listen, we're talking about a bunch of jokesters before but uh right <laughs> getting serious i don't well i don't know if people have been waiting for this but i have been telling people it's going to happen I've for seen it, <laughs> <laughs> um so let's get into it the next and last song that we're going to talk about is singers no star by waxahatchee
1: waxahatchee
0: that's just fun to say. Like right That's off a, the bat, Waxahachie—great name. That Great That's a southern town. It's a it's it? a river in uh, Alabama. Not That's where what it is, is from. Okay. Yes.
1: Um,
0: or a creek or something
1: like that. No, I think it's a river. I think you're right. I'd heard of it, and I'm from but, down around uh, there. This is from
0: a EP called "Great Thunder." Before I say anything, Austin. What did you think of Waxahashi? Why are you laughing?
1: I just love her so much. I don't know what you think. I think, uh, okay, here we go. Let's start. Let's just do this. I think she is a brilliant fucking songwriter. Like, when I went back and read the lyrics to this, I was like, oh, my God. This is someone who is incredibly gifted and writes at a level that you don't usually see in you don't see music a lot i mean i think that she was like it, they were like cutting lyrics mm-hmm. beautiful <laughs> uh written and you're like but <laughs> i also was when i was listening to this i kind of got hints of do you know who nico case is yeah okay so i got a little bit of the nico case vibes and i did end up googling Waxahachie, and she was she opened for the new pornographers which nico is in so i was like okay oh that's kind of cool there's definitely that connection I, it was just a little sleepy for Austin. It was a little too quiet. And I'm not saying the quiet music is bad. That's just not normally what I would choose to listen to. I
0: I picked the wrong song. Go ahead. Maybe
1: that's possible. No, definitely. Okay. I guarantee you
0: her newer stuff you would love so let's do this it's let's basically this.
1: just country music so for next episode i'm going to send you two tv on the radio songs, you oh send me two, <laughs> <Lockout> songs. <laughs>
0: two
1: songs you can listen to it you don't have to listen to it five times all if right, you listen to right. it once and you don't like it then that's fine this is a low stakes re- okay. rematch all right because austin here's the other thing that's going to happen on next episode
0: I'm going to have gone and seen Waxahachie. Oh, okay. Yes. So it's not actually her. It's her side project called Planes, which is like just straight up country. Um, I probably would have liked that more. I think. Okay. I picked this song because this was the song. See, we're opposite. See, I initially listened to like her newer stuff. And I was like, this ain't for me. I'm I'm not, I don't want to hear this. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and then. I was like, okay. She, well, I don't, we won't get too deep into her history since you're not that interested in her. But um, that's, I didn't say that. I, to be (laughs) fair, I didn't say that. I just said the song's a little slow. Yeah. So it's hard to pick a song for her because she's very similar to Laura in that, like, all of her albums have like a different style and feel. And this particular EP was sort of more like piano driven slower songs um but yeah okay maybe maybe we'll we'll do that we'll try yeah, it again
1: I, I just i you know what it is i i think most of the music i listen to it just sort of i think this is like one of the best songs i've ever heard in my life though so i just want to say i i just i found it a little slow found it a little sleepy that's it, maybe not what i'm looking for in, in music or it could be just you hit me at the wrong time but i i, I think it's i i can see the appeal in a songwriter like this I think uh, I I think her music is an acquired taste. Like maybe the first
0: few times that I heard it, I was like, Yeah, I don't think this is what I'm into. But then like I started listening to more and more of her stuff, and I was like, Oh, she's actually like a genius.
1: Yeah. No, but anyway, I, I mean songwriting, brilliant. Like, really
0: <laughs> yeah. The well, theory. maybe next time we'll get into like um her musical trajectory and uh, the fact that she has a twin sister and next twins, time. Uh, twins are weird,
1: just so you know. It's, it's dude,
0: little... it's so critical. Okay, so, well, all right. So her sister also has a band. They had a band together called PS Elliot and then they broke up and then they both had like their own band. And then, like, her sister's band is called Swearin' and it's like super good too. And like, yeah. do they sound alike? Swearin'? No, they they make like very different music. Okay, Because I think, like, the issue became, like, hey, we want to do, like, totally different things. Because, uh, like, the first Waxahachie album, dude, is it's just, like, her and acoustic guitar, and, like, all the songs are, like, really dark. Uh, yeah. And then, like, a- after that, she sort of... Uh, yeah, it's a very similar trajectory to Laura, actually. That's... The, well, like, she yeah. started doing this kind of lo-fi acoustic stuff, and then, like, eventually, like added a full band and started to evolve into like her own uh,
1: unique sound. But um, yeah. No, I, right. I, listen, listen, here's the thing. In conclusion, uh, all of this summed up, I will, I would happily give Wax Hatchy of the th- another of the th- shot. So of the three, you like bad moves the best you would say. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay, pretty confident that's that that's fair
0: well then i would definitely suggest listening to more of their stuff their first ep is just called bad moves i would definitely check that out it's excellent all right well let's move on austin we do have uh, an album to talk about after all that (laughs) yeah but austin we are talking about the album 23 live sex acts came out on august 4th 2015 The total trouble records. And once again, your producer was Laura Jane Grace. Although it's kind of different on a live album. She mostly just did like the mixing and the mastering and pick the songs. Yeah. On this album, against me is Laura Jane Grace on guitar and vocals, James Bowman on guitar, Adam Willard on drums, and Ing Johansson on the bass. He joined the band on August 29th, 2013. So sort of like right around the time they were finishing up recording the last album. He he doesn't actually appear on that album, which is why we did not talk about him last time. But by the time the album came out, he was in the band and touring. Uh, He is a guy from Sweden. He has been in a lot of bands, most notably a band called the International Noise Conspiracy and uh he was in the band for about five years uh he is on this album and the next album we're going to talk about and then in 2018 andrew came back and he sort of stepped away but for the timeline that we are going to be covering he is the last bassist for against me now one thing about this album before we get into anything else in interviews and also in the sort of liner notes for the album. The band claims that this was taken from one performance, but those claims are pretty heavily disputed uh, by people. Uh, The claim is that this show took place on February 29th, 2014 uh, in Indiana, but uh, basically, people are like, "This show didn't that no such show ever took place." Dude. Really? Um, yes. So I looked <laughs> for some information about this, and I found a comment. Uh, this is not a site that I have looked at often for this show, but it is. Are you familiar with Disc Dogs, where people yeah. sort of uh, yeah? Yeah, talk about I think it's mostly used to like sell records and that yeah, sort of thing. Right, right. Keep, keep track of your collectioners. I'm not super familiar with it, but I did find a comment uh from the user Glad Cactus Records uh <laughs> in May of 2020. And this is what they had to say about it. As far as I can tell, the venue in Indiana doesn't actually exist. The songs on this live album were recorded at various venues across the North American tour in 2014. I have heard from multiple people that when they played in Boise, Idaho, in 2014, there was a scuff that broke out between a bouncer and some kid trying to dance when they were playing the song, New Wave. Played them the clip from the live album, and they said it's a recording of that exact moment. You can also hear people yelling things like, Boise loves you in the crowd after the disruption of the song occurs. So pretty, pretty hard evidence, Austin, that uh, this, uh, this claim that this was from
1: one show is, is just bullshit. Also it's Idaho. So the the security guard was probably with some fucking militia and was throwing out fans of this trans (laughs) band that checks out.
0: Yeah, that's possible. Um, So Basically, like in every interview I read, I don't know if it was some kind of inside joke, like sounds maybe, like it, Laura and Adam, but they are adamant that, like, um, yeah, we recorded every show on the tour, but this one show was like the perfect show, so we just used this recording of this one show, um, but yeah, so the the venue is allegedly named the gritty clip which i just don't think is
1: that's bullshit no way there's no,
0: no. <laughs> name of the venue that really exists no nope. so right away and also like there was no february 29th in 2014 that's pretty that's, that's pretty staggering uh, evidence that like this yeah so i think it's some sort of inside joke with the band um you know I, and I also think that th- that probably just like that's a more interesting thing to say than like yeah we went through all the recordings and found like the best songs. It's like no, Wait, we found what's this glit, magical the, show. The,
1: the gritty clit. The gritty
0: clit right. in uh
1: Kiev, Indiana. Okay, <laughs> Kiev, Kiev, like in Ukraine. Yeah. Uh, I
0: didn't I, even think of that, but
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, I believe that. Let me the okay. best venue for uh, a strip club. That I've ever seen in my entire life. And I was with a friend at a bachelor party in Johnson City, Tennessee. Okay. And we got to the place too late. It was closed. But it is a venue called Fuzzy Holes. And it is a strip oh, club. I don't like that. City. I don't like that. <laughs> but when you said Gritty Clit immediately, I was like, Fuzzy Holes. That's their their sister club out in Eve, uh, Indiana. I went to a
0: strip club once in my life, and within like three minutes, I was like, "I really wish
1: I wasn't here." I'm so not surprised at all.
0: (laughs) My take on that—that is
1: not your (laughs) scene. That is not meant for you. That is not a Dwayne place.
0: Yeah, just everything about what's going on—I'm not like I'm not wanting to be involved.
1: No, there's so much about a strip club that just doesn't click with you that it's not. You even- think, okay, you think
0: in your head,
1: right? So, my, what happened is my friends took me
0: for like my 18th birthday or something like that. And you, you think, think in your head, 21st. Oh, hmm. no, 21st seems too old. Okay. 20, I think by 21, I would have been saying, like, no fucking way we're doing that. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, it had to have been 18. Uh, And in my head, I was like, oh, it'll be cool. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not. It's not at all. It's Uh, very, like, uh, bad, just not good times. And I remember they were like, you can get a lap dance and we'll pay for it. And I was like, "Mm." but we did. And, man, I did not enjoy that at all. (laughs) It's like, I don't. This is Uh, not. I I don't think either of us are getting anything out of this <laughs>
1: yep like that i can confirm as as, as, <laughs> as, as as just from knowing you for as long <laughs> as i've known you that's absolutely true yeah oh uh, speaking of lap dances let's talk about 23 live that. So <laughs> 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 no you have to leave my transition that is such a good transition
0: okay all right all right before, so I think that's all the background info that I have so far. um before we get into what I thought, just just what did you think? Did they redeem themselves here, or you you're still not into this one? I thought it was
1: better than the last live album, yeah. I thought it was entirely too fucking long.
0: It's very long. It is an hour and 26 minutes
1: long. Yeah. That's I don't even watch long. movies that are an hour and 26 minutes. I mean, what I movies be... are you watching? Then no, that's true. I'm sorry. That I'm I'm wrong. That's about perfect for a movie. That's too long for an <laughs> album. You're right. That's no. I there's some good stuff, and there's some stuff that probably shouldn't have been on the album. That's how I feel. Um uh, I gotta I don't love live albums all that much. Like yeah. I my so <clears throat> go ahead. No, I was just gonna say my my kind of idea for it, it's something that a lot of bands have done in the past, not a lot, but just, just a handful of bands have done in the past where they record all of their live performances and then they sell them as like individual albums. And the people that have gone to those albums are like I want to own this album. Okay, so yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and I think uh, Metallica that's like, does that. Metallica Pearl Jam does it. Was a big Pearl, one. Yep, Pearl Jam did it. Yeah, Grateful Dead did it. They got a bunch of albums from like all of their their gigs. I think that's a really cool idea, and that's a really like cool thing to do, and nice thing to do for your fans. But man, don't don't make me sit through a live album that I wasn't at.
0: Okay. Well, all right. <clears throat> I think that's fair. Uh, just a few thoughts that i had first of all i thought the production's great here the sound is very clear but it's loud like it's mixed very loud it feels like you're in the room i thought this to me felt like a really good bootleg like the sound is good but it doesn't feel too polished it feels authentic like there's a few songs in there where they're not hitting every note perfectly yeah she's not singing all the lyrics right all the time. And like, but it's very high energy. And like, you can tell the crowd is super into it. I mean, the Mm -hmm. big thing with last time was like, you could not hear the fucking crowd. It just sounded like they were playing to nobody here. You can hear like individual fans singing at times. Like, and to me that adds so fucking much to the overall feel. Everything's mixed really good, the crowd sounds good. Like the band sounds good. Her vocals
1: sound good. Um, well, you, I think you need two things, right? For a live album to be successful or to even really be yeah. a decent live album is you need the, the the noise of the crowd, right? And their participation yeah. in the sing-along songs, which there is in yeah. this. And yeah. There's a, a great a- moment here where, like, uh, in between –
0: the final song in the encore the crowd just starts singing sink florida sink and they sing like the entire first verse and the chorus yeah, before like the that's band. cool that's like one of the best parts of the album
1: yeah you gotta leave and leave that shit in there's a lot of live albums that take that stuff out and it's maddening but i think the other thing you need to do is to uh leave some of the banter and the mistakes yeah. and the fuck-ups and like yeah. just the just stuff that happens when you see a band live and one thing that uh Laura and Adam both talked about in
0: interviews uh for this album was they really wanted it to not necessarily even be a representation of what an Against Me live show is like, but what going to see them on this specific tour was like. This is the set list we played. This is what the song right. sounded like every night. Like so uh they felt like really uh really strongly about like giving people an authentic experience of like this is what this tour was like if you attended these shows and um, yeah i think they did a good job with that
1: laura seems really happy here like she seems like she's really having a good time and like how could she not though like i mean this is this is following um her coming out her transition like this is like I Like I say. I told earlier, I don't know if it got cut out or not, but I mean, this is following up on the most attention this band has ever gotten. Like, you yeah. gotta feel good. Sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is really the perfect tour to, like, do a live album from. And the set list is strong. Like, it's most of the hits. It's
1: like the songs you would want to hear. And, and I want to say something about the set list. I think it's really interesting how different it was from the previous live album and that they have made so much new music in the eight years between those two live albums that they're able to pretty dramatically change the set list and i think that's a compliment to the band and and laura writing and and just being very prolific with her writing i think that that's that's something i call out specifically because i went back and looked at the other set list and it's like this is very different and it's great She's also self-aware enough to know like a large portion of the crowd wants to hear those first couple albums. Like those are the songs they
0: want to hear. So that's like oh, it's a good mix of like new songs and old stuff.
1: Yeah, because her because her audience is changing too. Yeah. Yeah. Big like, time. Yeah.
0: Cause there are definitely gonna be people there that only know the new songs, but there are also going to be people there that only wanna hear the old stuff. Right. And like right. she I think she did a good job of like trying to make both groups happy. Um, well, we sort of talked about it briefly before. Uh, there's a weird thing in New Wave where uh, somebody gets thrown out by Bouncer and Laura's like very upset about it. Other than your best and worst song, is
1: there any song specifically that you want to mention? Uh, I thought White Crosses was a ton of fun. I thought okay. the crowd was really into it and singing along with it. And it was like, this is what you want in a, in a live album, right? You want that yeah. crowd, that audience participation. I loved it. Um, I thought sink Florida sink should have closed the show. That was so like, there was so much yeah. hype and so much, and it was such a banger, but that's okay. It's not my, it's not my album. That's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, those are the the big ones. I, I loved when she said, um, when she got up and said, uh, gender variation uh, is a thing of beauty. And I thought that was really cool. And, you know, obviously very much of what the band was going through at the moment. Uh, so, yeah, I I, I liked that there were, I think you could have called down the number of tracks on this. I totally agree with
0: that. I want to say I really, really liked this album a lot. I ended up listening to it about six times, uh, which was hard to fit all those listens in. But, uh, <laughs> but I really liked this a lot. But and I don't even know what songs I necessarily would have cut. I do because I think like all the performances here are pretty strong. But yeah, if you could have got
1: this down to an hour, hour and even like an hour and ten. I could it get would've. it down. I could get rid of three songs and get it down to an hour and I'd be great. Okay. All right. All right. But uh
0: yeah, it's it for an album it it is a little too long. I Maybe mean, if this was like a DVD, it would be cool. Right. But for like an album, just like a live out, I, th- I think an hour and a half is is a, is a little long. But I think they wanted it to be like a time capsule for these shows. And so I, I understand that, but for, for my personal taste, Austin, you know, me that I like things to be as short as they possibly can. So, uh,
1: yeah. Well, when we talk about the songs that we like the least, I will, I will tell you the three songs that I would have gotten rid okay. of. And All that right. will save you at least 20 minutes.
0: couple more songs I wanted to mention, uh, that aren't my best and worst, uh, pretty girls, the mover. She sort of, um, changes some of the lyrics to be a bit more straightforward, uh she gives a little speech before the song talking about how when she wrote this song it really was about uh being trans and being afraid that women that you're interested in aren't going to accept you for being trans but uh she was a little afraid to kind of put that out in the world at the time so uh since then she has changed the lyrics uh just to be a little bit more uh straightforward and, and it's not like any major changes you've really got to be listening closely to like uh hear what she's talking about but some minor lyric changes so it is uh different than the album version okay austin um i also wanted to mention st florida sync even though you uh You already talked about that one a little bit. I mean, like that was that's like one of their signature songs. It was a great crowd pleaser. I didn't pick it as my best song, but it's probably the most fun song on the album. Like everybody's having a good time. The band is happy to be playing it. It's you know the crowd wants to hear it because they were singing it before they even started playing it. Yeah, like uh yeah, just that that to me is like uh my favorite moment on the album is definitely like the crowd singing. Before they come back out for the encore, and then they launch right into the song, and everybody goes crazy.
1: Yeah. No, it was, it was not my favorite song, also, but I think it was like a just a great moment and really made the album. Yeah. All right. Now, Austin, we're going to move on to quotes, and I have quite a few quotes
0: this time. I, as I suspected, we would not have a ton to say about this album, but uh, (laughs) the band did. It's abnormal this time because we have quotes from someone other than Laura. Uh, I read a few interviews with Adam. Okay, Allison, So not all these quotes are going to be uh, about this album. Some of them are going to be more of her sort of talking about the last album and also sort of like a peek into what uh, the next album might be like. But right. everything here is sort of from this time period, and I thought, uh worth talking about so the next quote is from the website already heard by dane wright from september 2015 and he asked if she thought the last album was going to be as big as it ended up being and she says i was just writing to survive i was writing because that's what i needed i remember not even wanting to go to the band with these songs because i felt embarrassed I felt like I was eventually going to have to confront the things I was talking about. It was really complicated in that sense. I don't think the next record will be complicated like that as it feels a lot more easy. I'm fine with the fact that the last record was difficult to make, but not every record has to be difficult to make for it to be good.
1: Yep. I mean, she's hundred percent, right? Like the authenticity that you hear when someone talks about, what they're going through it, it permeates it it, it it there's something about that that it like unfortunately or fortunately like struggle makes good art which is why you know a pop star like i don't know like fucking bruno mars makes garbage music because it's not there's nothing authentic about it right it's manufactured bullshit whereas this is something that someone's going through. I I, I agree. I find that, that that's absolutely true. I think that that's not just true in music. I think it's true in art. It's like when you put yourself into something and you really expose something about your life, people respond. Sure. And I also think... Uh, sure. No, I agree with that. I agree
0: I with that. Uh, I also think Laura, like, doesn't like to repeat herself. So I think like in her head it's like I don't want to just be the transgender band, you know, like we made this album because this was the album that I had to make. But right. to just do it over again wouldn't feel like authentic.
1: So Yeah, no, I I I listen, I sympathize with that. You don't want to be the X category, you know, musician comedian artist anything like i
0: mean i think that's one thing that we talked about like what the early stuff was very political and then she got away with that because you don't want to be pigeonholed right you don't want to be the politics band you don't want to just be the transgender band you know what i mean like yep and especially if you're Laura, because there's so much more than that to like her music she made an album about being transgender but like that's not everything that the band is about
1: you've also now, now you've done that. You move on. All right. So let's move on with an interview with Adam from Vandala magazine
0: in August of 2015 by Dustin Griffin. And he asked, so is 23 live sex acts, a good representation of the typical against me live experience? Adam says, yeah, I mean, that was the whole idea just to get as close as we can to a typical representation of what we do just about every night. And I think we got pretty close. There is that level of spontaneity. It's not a perfect performance. There's definitely flaws and mistakes, but warts and all is really the idea. I think we sort of talked about that. uh, Yeah. I definitely think uh, like Laura was probably hesitant to clean it up too much. You know, she doesn't want to go in and fix all the mistakes and stuff. We want it to feel real. Um, So, yeah. All right, the next thing is he is also talking about what the next album is going to be like. And he says, I don't think there's ever going to be an Against Me album quite like Transgender Dysphoria Blues. It's not something you can bottle or reproduce or anything like that. But I'm really excited about the songs we're doing. It's going to be powerful and probably a bit more lighthearted than the last record. But it's still very much against me.
1: That's, so that's understandable. Sort of, <laughs> like, yeah. You need a break. Hey, listen, this whole absolutely. episode will be a break after talking about the last album. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. Okay, the final quote here is pretty long, and it doesn't have a whole lot to do with what we're talking about, but I thought he said some very interesting things that touch on some topics that we have talked about before. So basically, he is asked about... Is it more beneficial to sign with a major label or to stick with the indie labels? And he says, well, that's such a complicated question because for example, the major label deal that I signed in 1992 is so different from the major label deals being signed today. And the climate and the landscape of the music industry is so different now than it was then at the time. That was a real viable opportunity to have somebody pay for a record to be made. Now you're much better off just doing it for yourself and putting it out for yourself the way that we do. I think there was a time when major labels were extremely useful and important to an artist who was trying to explore studio time. That stuff doesn't come cheap, but now the technology has changed and you can make a record in a much cheaper way. You don't need to sell your guts for the rest of your life for that one record. I think the majors had their time and place, but it's not as much of a factor any longer. I yeah. don't necessarily agree with all of that, but I think he makes some good points. I still think now, listen, this is not going to be the case for most artists. <laughs> but someone that we talked about last time Taylor Swift greatly benefits from like being on a major label having that advertising budget getting that music out there to people like there now the major labels don't treat every artist like that Right. And that that is the issue. And I think that's sort of the wall that Against Me ran into of like, well, we signed with this major label. They'll do all the work for us. We just have to make the music really good.
1: But I I also uh, think I can't help but think that he's talking about a band like Against Me. Yeah. I think he's talking about his specific
0: experience. Right. And in in that sense, he is absolutely right. They were way better off leaving the major labels than going back indie because like there's no fucking way that album gets
1: made. By Warner no. Brothers, you know not what I mean? Fucking like, chance, not a chance in hell.
0: There's, there's no way. No,
1: no way. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but like I said, uh, but also I think that that's like I think this album or the the previous album was in, was a case study in, hey, let's put out a really honest album about things that people aren't talking about. Yeah, and an audience will find it right? Like, yeah. I mean, that's not sure. to say that this was just because this album found an audience. Like, obviously, Against Me's had an audience for a while, but I yeah. mean, like, there is stuff out, and I, I think this about, like, movies too. It's like, you can make things that are really weird, different, or cater to a, quote, smaller audience, niche audience, yeah. and it, like, catches fire, because it's honest. I, I'm telling you, honesty in art, I think, is the most important thing. But, um... Yeah, I yeah. think.
0: Still, they don't go to sire. That album's not as good as it is.
1: No, she needed the
0: experience of being in real studios, working with a real producer. Like, they, they greatly benefited from that major label uh, run, even if it wasn't necessarily the exposure like, financially yeah. successful for yep, them. No, I agree. But, but I, I think he really has some good insight. Like. Obviously, much better insight than me. I'm not going to challenge him on <laughs> what he said here. But I I don't agree that the major labels aren't much of a factor any longer. I think no, they I are agree. even more powerful now than they were then.
1: Uh, but I think, think the know. number of artists that they're beneficial for is it's small. Getting s-
0: Yes, it's getting smaller, but like that's the music industry in general. The right. amount of artists that are making money gets smaller and smaller every year. I mean, and especially with COVID and everything. So, uh, yeah, but I do think like you probably are better off, like if you've if you've if you've got a following, and like. That the hard work of building a fan base has been done for you, you probably are better off just sticking with the indie labels or self-releasing yeah, no, stuff in the current landscape. Yep. But, uh, but I do think, like, if you are, like, a fucking, you know... I don't know. Like, if you're, like, a Drake-level artist, like, he's benefiting a lot from being on that major label.
1: Yeah, but he's also, like... He and even Taylor Swift are very manufactured. Like, they're not... Not well, I'm not talking about the quality of their music. Okay, yeah, no, about. I'm just saying, I'm not even talking about the quality, but I'm saying that they're not honest.
0: Yeah,
1: I'm just saying like, yeah, but what I'm saying is like, they are benefiting from being on a major
0: label. Taylor Swift does not have the all 10 spaces on the Billboard Top 10 if she is on an independent label. It's right, not right, right. Yeah, no, absolutely. All right, let's move on. Uh, We have one final quote from Laura here. This is from a website called Louder Than War with Sophie Sparham. And she asked Laura, I know it wasn't intentional, but do you see yourself as a trans spokeswoman? Laura says, I recognize that I have a platform. I'm in a band. And when you put out a record, you end up doing press. And I want to talk about the things that are real as opposed to the things that aren't real. Like, I don't want to talk about what is not isn't punk. I don't fucking care. So to talk about this, where you can help or raise awareness, then I'm happy to do that. And it's easier for me, to, as I just tell the
1: truth. Yeah. First of all, that's a weird question to ask, I think. But that was a good way to answer it. Like if someone asked me if I was a gay spokesperson, I'd be like, get the fuck out of here. What does that even mean? You know? Yeah, I, I, see what, I see what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. But I thought Laura uh she answered it, well. answered it very well. Like the that was that was the most diplomatic answer that you could have given. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. All right.
0: Let's move on, Austin. We've only got a couple of things left to do. That's good because my dinner's getting cold. You know what? I always let you go first on the worst song i'm gonna go first this time go i thought the worst song on this album was unquestionably how low it's just too low energy too late in the show i just don't think people were really that into it and that was that that to me is like maybe the one song that i just don't this didn't need to be in here
1: all right that's it's i mean that's a good choice the, that's not part of the three songs that I would cut, oh, okay. but I would add <laughs> it if it was four. <laughs> okay.
0: So, what was your worst song, Austin? Or songs? I guess you're coming at me with. Gonna so you are going to have to pick a definitive pick.
1: Okay, I'll pick a definitive pick. Okay, all right. All right. Um, And I'm going to pick a pick. It's going to annoy you because. Oh, yeah. It's it's something that like you're not picking for the reasons that it should be picked. And I'm gonna pick the worst song on this was the ocean. That song went on way too fucking long. I don't I don't have an issue with that. <laughs> you that, you son of a bitch. That's that's never been one of my
0: favorite songs. I just I'm not that crazy about oh,
1: it. okay. I thought you I thought you meant you don't have an issue with it going on too long. And I was like, no, wait, no, no. I don't have an issue with that okay. pick because that's All I'm right. not crazy about that song. I almost picked that. Okay, that's not anything.
0: Laura has said, and we talked about this on the new wave. I know. That's one of my favorite songs. To play. I don't but care. I,
1: I agree with you. I, I agree. With but you. D- d- it's d- d- never d- been one of my favorites. So I'm going to say three, and, and yours would be fourth, but here's the three The Ocean. I have yeah. never really liked. Turn these clapping hands and angry bald fists, and I think that there's no reason for that song to be over five minutes, which it is on this album. And then my pet peeve, which is very unpopular, and I don't care, uh, Pints of Guinness, I didn't like it. You're out of your mind, I know, but the, those three songs we're gonna get right into it. That was my best song,
0: that was the oh, best song on the album,
1: really. This is the first thing yeah, that you're happened. You don't know what you're talking about. Okay, maybe, maybe. Because, I think you just was, saw, you know, okay. drop, Dropkick Murphys and you were like I want to drinking song and here we go. <laughs> there was two songs that I went back and forth
0: on. Mm-hmm. It was this and it was transgender dysphoria blues. But ultimately why I picked this one was just simply because I already picked that one last time, and I just thought that would be too repetitive. I was like, okay, I got to pick between one of these two. I've never picked this one. I've already picked the other one, but but those to me, those songs are pretty much equally good. There's like they're both really high energy. Her voice sounds great. The crowd's into it. Yeah, I'm
1: gonna I'm gonna go with Pints of Guinness to Make You Strong as my best song. Austin, what was your best song? I just think I love this song, and I think it doesn't matter if it's a live version or a studio version. I just love, and this is definitely going to be in my top 10, Black Me Out. I love this song. I really am a big fan. I, I, I really dug the live version. I don't know what it is. I uh, I really
0: like that song, but I'm not crazy about the version here. It's not one of my favorite.
1: No, it's, you know, when I was listening through the album a few times, every time that song came on, my ears perked up. And I was just like, oh, yeah, this is a great song. I just, I just. You know what it is for me? It's like
0: my favorite part of that song is the very end. And I feel like it doesn't hit as hard live as I want it to
1: yeah i don't know i i, I feel differently i i, I really right. dug it well clearly it's we stuff. feel differently yeah we feel very <laughs> different this is the, the first talent. time it's taken 14 episodes yeah all right well i don't think we need to spend a whole lot more time on this
0: no I think let's we close have pretty it. much covered it i like this album quite a bit
1: it was good but i'm glad you but liked it. i
0: thought it was too long yeah, me too. uh for sure <laughs> But uh, let's get into what we're going to talk about next time.
1: Listen, 23 Sex acts sounds exhausting, and it is. So you could, like, do 12, and that'd be great. Yeah,
0: I really was not excited about having to say the name of this album. I'm going to tell you that. Just, I'll say it. 23 Lives. Well, I've already said it, like, a bunch of times. But it's just like, yeah, we could have called it something else.
1: No, I like that. Uh, that's that's a good oh, title. Really?
0: I really? Don't, I don't like the title. I'm not <laughs> a fan of that. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. All right, Austin, next time it's going to be the last real episode. Uh, it's going to be the last time that we are covering an album. We are also going to cover a non album single. So we are going to be talking about the album Shape Shift with Me and the single Stabatha Christie uh Shift with me is from 2016 and that single is from 2017 uh and those are the last against me releases of original material so far uh there may be new stuff in the future who knows but for now that's it so that's where we are ending things it is not going to be the last episode we'll have another episode following it we're going to get into all kinds of stuff. We've sort of hinted at it before, but we're going to be talking about some rare songs and giving our top 10 songs and also ranking all the albums. But that's that's in the future. Next time, we're going to be talking about Shape Shift with me. Um, yeah, I don't, I'm not going to say too much about this one. I think Laura and Adam already gave some hints as to what to expect. i uh, yeah, I'm, I'm
1: looking forward to it. I'm I'm excited.
0: Yeah, I will have gone to see Planes in concert, and I will report back about what that was like. I'm very interested in this, okay, because it's a side project, but it is allegedly a one-off tour. They made this album, and they're going to do one tour, and then that is it forever, supposedly. But, I mean, you know how these things go. Yeah. The music industry is very much like wrestling in that. Hey, world, this is, Absolutely. you've got to come this time because we're never going to do this again. But, live, never before, never again. But then come it's like, now. well, things went so well that, you know what? God damn it, we are going to give it one more time. But supposedly, this is a one off tour. This is the only time that they are going to be performing these songs live uh, because it's her and another artist together. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, but I'm very interested because, like, this album's only like thirty minutes, so even if they play every song on the album, which I assume they will, that ain't enough <laughs> songs. So I'm very interested in to know like what else they're gonna play. I
1: hope they cover Free Bird. Oh man, she's good. I think she could cover
0: any song and it'd be good.
1: Well, she's also from Alabama, so yeah, yeah. give it a go. Yeah, I'm sure she would love. I'm sure she loves hearing about that. <laughs>
0: about leonard skinner and i'm sure she
1: just, i don't know
0: but i bet she I bet. loves to talk about that
1: oh yeah i'm sure <laughs> <laughs>
0: But anyway, all right. all right awesome let's get to the final thing we have to do which is plugs now i've heard that you have a podcast other than this
1: one is that correct? holy shit yeah i i have another podcast and um people in the church of satan really hate it and are boycotting it and i can't help but think i did something right because i said a couple of things about their founder and they freaked out on twitter and it was the one week that i took over the social media account but if you'd like to listen to it check out if you catch my grift i'm just gonna say man we we covered like westboro and we covered scientology and i've never had the kind of feedback that i had when we covered church satan and all of the criticism that i've gotten so far has been complete bullshit they were like i got one comment that was like you can't use youtube as a reference and i was like uh those youtube clips were interviews with anton Levay. thank you (laughs) and then they were like you can't use this guy because he's against the church satan and i was like yeah but i said that when before I mentioned what they said. Like it, it's it's all it's like you just clearly don't listen and you don't realize how bad we dog these people and how gentle we were on Anton LeVay. I mean, I don't know. It just cracked me up. I was like well, I I'm was not, very rude to Cloud Nothings. So but you it's were fun. you're being be rude. You could let people hate things. Uh, um, but you can also find me on Twitter for now. Who knows what's gonna happen. But it's at Griffdaddy. Uh that's me. That's all I got.
0: I'm at Age of the Fever, if you want to follow me on Twitter. Uh, Yeah, that's about it. I think we're good to go.
1: All right.
2: Every day. How can you talk of freedom and jail the man that talks it? You kiss the man's ass that rides the road and you jail the old boy that walks it. She's upside down. Kill us for uniting. How can you accuse us of being violent when you start?